Hello and welcome to Haunted Hometowns with me, Blake Lambert Hack, your true crime paranormal podcast. Just wanted to let y'all know there are a couple changes. Instead of focusing on a specific city for a full season, I am going to hop around to different cities around the world. And because of that, I am moving to bi-weekly episodes. There are just so many incredible stories to tell around the world, and they don't all fall within a specific city or there aren't enough in a specific city. So otherwise, if I didn't do this, I wouldn't get to feature some of the great stories. So I'm excited to share these stories with you. Make sure you're subscribed so you never miss an episode. Again, bi-weekly. Listen on your way home from work to start your weekend, right or Saturday morning while you're having your coffee. But every Friday, every other Friday, whoa, I'm still not used to bi-weekly. <laughs> every other Friday, I will be here. So email your ghost stories to hauntedhometownspodcast at gmail.com, and I'll read them on the podcast. Send me your own experiences or haunt your grandparents, or I'm sure a coworker too has a story. But let's jump into this episode. I have a special guest with me, the creator of the theme song you just listened to, the one and only Tyre. Woody Pierre is in the house. Hey. (laughs) (laughs) The new single. (laughs) Well, I'm excited for these changes. I feel like this is going to be really nice. I don't know what, where we're headed then. If we're not like. Yeah. I didn't give you the city that we're covering today or a case in the city, but it is, you know, a little well-known city (laughs) in England uh, known as London. <gasps> and <No. laughs> <laughs> where? What is that? Yeah, London, England. We're traveling there today. And not only are we in London, but we're in like Victorian London. Ooh. So, you know, everyone's favorite period in time. Yeah. In I, just, city that... <laughs> I just saw a TikTok of somebody uh, being an NPC Victorian child in a sewer somewhere. Things are getting crazy. <laughs> it's really getting scary out here. <laughs> and also, like, I don't know what half of what you just said. So <laughs> yeah. that's just like... I'm like speaking a new language already. That's, I mean, that's where it's come down to. <laughs> if you can't keep up with the new languages online, then you're lost. You're lost. Hey. Millennial, you suck, you old. <laughs> uh, okay, we are going to, like scoot a little farther back we're not quite in victorian london we will get there eventually in this episode but we're starting out in the early 1800s okay so are you ready for this i mean my my black experience would be a lot different in the 1800s (laughs) but let's dive in yes very much so okay it's the early 1800s on the outskirts of london in a small village called hammersmith and today I'm pretty sure it is part of London, but back in the day, you know, 1800s, they were technically separate towns. Right. But Hammersmith. It's the middle of winter, and the town of Hammersmith has been terrorized by a ghost for months. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> the entire town of Hammersmith. Okay. Townspeople began seeing the ghost in November of 1803 
And they described the ghost as being very tall and dressed head to toe in white. That's right. A typical ghost. Very <laughs> yeah, tall I'm like, oh. and white. <laughs> a hooded figure. And you know what? In the early 1800s in England, it could have just been a man. You know? They were <laughs> very white. Day. In the middle of winter, <laughs> no sun <laughs> at all. Spooky. That was just somebody trying to catch a fox or something, like, kind of blend in with their surroundings. There you go, yeah. Uh, what do they wear, like, uh, white camo? Yeah. You know? Yeah. Totally. That's, it wasn't a ghost. All right, end of pod. <laughs> we case solved closed. the case. We case. solved the case. <laughs> Bring in the dancing lobsters. Oh, my God. Uh, no, very tall, dressed head to toe in white. Some people said the ghost wore clothing made of calf skin. So, you're not wrong with the fox thing. But <laughs> others said the ghost had horns and glass eyes. What? Wait, what? Okay. <laughs> horns, yes, that's really... Like, the description is cool, but how would you even know if it was a glass eye? Like, it popped... Like, the ghost was like, I fell tragically and <laughs> plunged my eye with a screwdriver. You oh know, my like, god, imagine. I think... Uh, I think from my understanding from reading it, it was kind of like, uh, you know how glass gets reflective sometimes? Oh, right. So I think that's what it was giving, that kind of like reflective look. Okay. Um, but for me, it's giving Krampus with the horns Ooh. and the like, yeah. in the snow. <laughs> just... Wow. What a film. Oh, Sorry. I love that film. <laughs> um, yeah, it's November. I mean, if it is Krampus, the demon Santa came early. Who's to say? But people <laughs> all about the village were talking about the ghost. It was talk of the town because, you know, they didn't have TV back then. Some speculated that the ghost was of a man who died of suicide the year prior, but had come back to terrorize the people who made him feel like he had to take his own life. That was oh, the theory. Oh, wow. Okay. Others said his ghost came back because uh, suicide was a sin and he was buried in a sacred cemetery. So that was like a no-go, you know, religious times. Mm -hmm. But either way, they had a ghost and uh, apparently Scooby-Doo and the gang were not there to investigate. So they were terrorized. And they, you know, what do you do when you have a ghost haunting everybody about town? Um, call it Ghostbusters? <laughs> the English Ghostbusters. We're on the case. Sorry, that was a terrible accent. I'm so sorry. <laughs> sorry. No, I, uh, I enjoyed it. Uh, yeah, I don't think it was a London accent, but somebody in England talks like that. Yeah. <laughs> somebody definitely does. I don't know how well they are, but somebody's got that. It's, a, it's representation in media. You know what? Representation does matter. That person that talks like that listening, they mm -hmm. feel represented they feel here weird. on Haunted Hometowns. <laughs> but what do they do? Well, one night when an elderly woman was walking past the cemetery in Hammersmith, the ghost appeared and grabbed her. She was so shocked she died from a heart attack. <laughs> well, I'm assuming what? from a heart attack. Yeah. So she's walking past the cemetery. The ghost pops up out of nowhere, grabs her, and she gets, like, she, like, faints and dies. Wow. Because she was so shocked. 
She didn't even like do like a like a like a dodge attack. <laughs> like she didn't do any. Come on, where's your sense of like worth? You just died yeah, right no, away. No survival tactics. Just straight up was like. <gasps> <laughs> you know they had a different sense of healthcare back then, so I understand. That's true. Probably didn't take much. But no, I frail. Just a frail old woman. Yeah. Not long after, a pregnant woman was walking by the cemetery, and the exact same thing happened to this that woman, the pregnant woman. What? She was seized by the ghost, and the woman was in so much shock, she died a couple days later. And what of the baby? <laughs> I'm assuming that's oh, no. it for the baby, too. I know. It's getting crazy out there. Ghosts popping up and grabbing women all about town. Hide your kids. Hide your pregnant <laughs> spouses. Oh my god, what a throwback. Uh, <laughs> I'm sorry. sorry. <laughs> no, uh, that woman from... Uh, wow, my brain just jumped to like multiple pop culture moments. And that's... Because <laughs> <laughs> you said that song, Hide Your Kids, Hide Your Wives. Mm-hmm. That same guy produced the song for the TV show Kimmy Schmidt. Oh, yeah. And the lead actress in Kimmy Schmidt is in a new movie that's on Netflix that looks really good. And that's all I was going to say. But the fact that my brain jumped to these different things. And that's why we're friends. (laughs) Keep up, people. Keep up. Yeah. Yeah. So we have two dead women from ghost attacks, I guess you can say. Wow. Another interaction with the ghost came from a man named Thomas Groom who was walking through the cemetery at night with a friend. As they were weaving around the tombstones, the ghost rose, grabbed Thomas by the throat, and his friend was walking in front of him a bit, so he heard something strange. So he turned around to see Thomas shove the ghost off of him and fall to the ground. And after he did that, the ghost disappeared into the darkness. So this ghost is really trying it. He's. Do we know this is not a man? <laughs> Do we know this isn't <laughs> just like a guy like harassing people? That's I've never heard of a ghost like truly killing people, right? Yeah. Or maybe I maybe mean, it, it happens, but. I mean, that's you know, I think that's a good point to bring up. I don't know if ghosts have physically killed people before like that i mean i feel like iconic cases like emmyville horror and stuff like that where there's a lot of shit going on that shit's been disproved mm, okay sorry to those people to burst that bubble but emmyville <laughs> horror that house has been disproved i might still cover it on this podcast because i think it's fascinating but I don't know of a case, yeah, where, I mean, if it's not like a possession where someone's right. possessed by a demon and then they start killing people or they kill themselves or, or the demon kills them or whatever, but like a, just a ghost. Yeah. If a ghost rose up and grabbed me by the throat, <laughs> by the throat, like, back after. Yeah, exactly. Like just swinging my fist immediately. Yeah. Fists would, yeah. But like a ghost, your hand would go through. I'd find a way. I'd find a way to connect. <laughs> okay. If you okay, grab okay. me by the throat, are you crazy? <laughs> me at the ghost. Are you crazy? <laughs> <laughs> the, 
That's how I feel like if my interaction with anybody trying to attack me, ghost or real person, I'd be like, are you being serious right now? <laughs> Is this, am I being punked? Do you know who, <laughs> do you know who I am? <laughs> Someone pulls a gun. I'm like, are you kidding? <laughs> who, who has gun? Okay, Excuse me? <laughs> um, yeah, the ghost is trying it. <laughs> Period. Yeah, the ghost is trying it. Was he a serial killer in his real life? Because, like, this is getting aggressive. This mm-hmm. ghost is really too much. So yeah. two deaths and a one attempted murder so far. And all before Christmas. <gasps> all before Christmas. Wow. The shame. Come on. So at this point, the townspeople are incredibly frightened, right? They don't want to go outside, especially at night, because, you know, it's 1800s. They can't see shit. It's dark as fuck. It's Chris. It's winter. You can't see anything. Right. So the town create, they create like a citizen patrol because there is no police. There's just like this now group of townspeople that like watch over night, especially at night. And that's community. And that's building community. And that... (laughs) Take notes. (laughs) Oh, I found this fascinating. Because there weren't any police officers. And the lighting situation was, like, challenging, like I was saying. And London didn't get their first gas street lighting until 1807. So, this is 1803. They really... They got candles. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, they're like going out like Ebenezer Scrooge. Yes, yes. Oh my God, what are you going to do? Yeah, I would die too. You know what? If something jumped out at me and all I had was a candle to light the way, I'd probably, yeah, I understand. Especially as an older woman, it'd be like, you know what? I lived a great life until now. This is just, I'm done. (laughs) But yeah, it would have been so dark with candles in the winter. I don't know. I think they may have had oil lamps, but even oil lamps were not, they did not give off a, right. like a very big glow. Right. And they would run out of oil as well. So just like candles ran out of wax, oil lamps ran out of oil. It just wasn't a great time. Not yeah. a great time. <laughs> so the next interaction was on December 29th, a night watchman named William Girdler <laughs> saw the ghost and immediately gave chase to the ghost. Their ap- the apparition was able to escape, but this encounter fueled William to put a larger group of citizens together to patrol the streets at night, and they were armed with <laughs> shotguns. <laughs> I'm... Which at the time is nothing shocking. Like, yeah. let's give people guns. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if you're like, if you are so close to catching it and there's like multiple deaths happening or like, you know, attacks and yeah, mm-hmm. let's, let's get to the bottom of this. <laughs> yeah. But I, again, for me, like the thought process is still wild. It's a ghost. Why do you, <laughs> what are you going to shoot? Like, <laughs> they will find a way to make it connect. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> I don't know what else to say. <laughs> yeah. It's. I mean, to my, for me, the bullet is just going to pass through this ghost. So I'm, it's, it's already dead. Yeah. <laughs> You're going to kill it again. I don't know. But I understand the thought, you know, people are being attacked. What else do you do? Yeah. Set booby traps. Oh, <laughs> Ooh. no, you have to get the vacuum. You have to get the vacuum from ghost the vacuum. That's the only way you can do it. Yes. God. Okay. If there was a ghost haunting your house. 
Tahir's house, or better yet, your town, oh. trying to murder people, what would you do? Ooh, okay. My town. Okay, I'm just going to go, like, Roscoe... Oh, oh I'm, I almost said where I live. <laughs> um, I'm just going to say, like, the immediate, like, few blocks. Um, I'm nominating the richest of us mm, mm-hmm. to um, get their guns. <laughs> <laughs> Provide guns for the whole town, and we are going to do the exact same thing, actually. I don't know. Okay. Work. <laughs> I don't, I don't know. Like, if there's a ghost haunting you or the town, just don't go out after ten. I don't know. It's their t- it. it's yeah. their world too. We're just living in. I it. mean, <laughs> that is essentially what every police officer has ever told women to do when there's a serial killer or Stay serial rapist or whatever. Don't mm-hmm. go outside past nine. The sun goes down. <laughs> don't go outside. Yeah, it's on you. Sorry. Exactly. <laughs> Sorry. Like... Don't go outside. <laughs> Can I be safe? No. Heart emoji. <laughs> we love you, but Fingers. stay inside. <laughs> K-pop heart emoji. Okay. Okay. <laughs> uh, on January 3rd, 1804, so we're two months into this haunting, around 1030 at night in the middle of winter, few days after his own encounter of the ghost, William Gerd girdler was <laughs> patrolling the town when he ran into the 29 year old francis smith william questioned francis as to why he was out so late and why he was carrying a shotgun francis explained that he was hunting the ghost and could use the help of william hmm. william said he would end his patrolling shift at 11 and would join up with francis to find the ghost together Again, I have no idea what they were planning on doing if they found the ghost, but the men went their separate ways. However, not long after, around 11 p.m., Francis ran into a ghost. (gasps) No. He shouted, damn you, who are you and what are you? Damn you, I'll shoot you. (laughs) Sure enough, Francis pulled his shotgun and fired at the ghost. The sound of a gun echoed through the small village and people came a-running. William, who was already on his way to meet Francis with neighbors John Locke and George Stowe, showed up to find Francis standing over the body of a man dressed in white. Wow. Okay, okay. Sorry. (laughs) After examining the ghost... They realized it was a man by the name Thomas Millwood who Francis shot. Thomas was a bricklayer who was on his way home after visiting his parents and sister. He'd worked all day and was dressed in his uniform. A uniform that happened to be all white. Gag. Since that was the common attire of a bricklayer. Really? White linen trousers a white flannel waistcoat, white shoes, white apron, a look. A I mean, look. It's definitely it's definitely a look. I'm just like, but you're laying bricks. That's got to be dirty work, no? Yeah, I mean, it's weird. I looked it up because I was like, that seems strange. And sure <laughs> enough, they were all in fucking white. I was like, okay. Interesting. Okay. I feel like, okay, so I thought you were going to say, like, all along, 
it was or, or so, so this was just like a random guy this was just yes. a random occurrence i yes. thought you were gonna say it was like mystery ink style they take the mask <laughs> off and it's like mr jenkins all yeah. along no uh, i wish but no twist they shot a person just on their way home who was dressed in white and that's why we don't use guns and that is why and that is why now this poor man is dead wow and what comes of the of gert oh old gertie (laughs) (laughs) old gertie um after realizing that francis murdered thomas the men told francis to go home and wait for the constable Mm-hmm. Francis was arrested while Thomas's body was brought to a nearby inn because there were no hospitals or morgues or anything. Oh my God. Uh, brought to an inn where a surgeon, Mr. Flower, examined the body. Thomas was pronounced dead from a shotgun wound on the left side of the lower jaw. The wow. bullet went through the jaw and into his neck where it ripped a hole in his vertebrae and injured spinal marrow. Oh, you know, I do so, have to say... Oh, go, go, go. Oh, I was just going to say, good luck fixing that in 1804. Yeah. If that happens, <laughs> it's over. I The thing that scares me the most about... Uh, stepping away from ghosts, which are scary in itself, but, like, the, the true horror of what a gun does... Oh, my God, it yeah. Re- like, when people... If you read it out in a newspaper, like their eyebrows were singed off. They're like, <laughs> like it's like, Oh my like God. It, yeah. Everything is like completely obliterates and like, yeah, pe- it penetrates so deeply. So it's just like, I, I, yeah. Like the horror of that. So yeah, after talking with Thomas's wife, she revealed that Thomas was mistaken for the ghost two times prior to this incident. So the bricklayer was, Accused of being the ghost two times before he was shot and murdered. Oh my gosh. Well, that was his problem. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. It's not his fault. Not, not victim blaming. But what are you, what are you gonna like? Stop walking that way or like put on a jacket. No, I mean. House. Well, you're exactly with in line with his wife because she urged him to wear a coat over his work clothes, but he refused. See, maybe I'm just. Uh, I'm his wife reincarnated. I'm mad all over again. <laughs> but also, it's the middle of winter, so why aren't you wearing a coat? It doesn't make sense to me. Men. <laughs> Even if the coat was white, why aren't you wearing a coat? <laughs> Man. Uh, but yeah, we're not blaming the victim. We're just agreeing with his wife. Right. Let's be clear. Yeah. We're like, we're mad at him for, you know. It's, if you let, if you value your lifestyle, it's just like... <laughs> If a spider comes into your house and lives in a oh, corner. Oh, no, not my house. And never, well, not your house. In my <laughs> house. If it lives in the corner, it's valid. You you, you are doing the Lord's work out of my sight. I can't, you know, blame you for being here and safe. But if you start trying to calm down the wall, you're around my bed. You don't yes. value your lifestyle. That so, part. <laughs> so why should I? That part. <laughs> that part. Spiders... You heard it here. Get the fuck out of my way. I don't want to see you. I don't want to hear you. And if we're okay living like that. But if you, you know this, but I've been bit by spiders multiple times. I've had them come down from the ceiling in front of my face, stop, and then have me walk into it. 
And I'm like, sir, why didn't you just continue your way to the ground or string your ass back up to the ceiling? Why are you stopping in front of my face? Do I look like a bug? I hate it. Do I look like a bug to you? (laughs) Try it, little spider. (laughs) Little boy. What is this podcast about? (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Um, We have a lot to get through. Let's keep going. (laughs) Francis was tried for willful murder. So he did go to, you know, he was tried. From my understanding, Francis almost immediately came clean about murdering Thomas. Even though no one was, like, around him, they, like, all heard the gunshot and stuff. So I think he was like, yeah, I did it. Thinking he was the ghost. Thinking the bricklayer was the ghost. But because he believed it was a case of mistaken identity, he pled not guilty. So that's why he went to trial. Mm. During the trial, there were character witnesses that spoke highly of Francis and that he had good intentions when he headed out that night to protect the village. But on the flip side, Thomas's sister, who heard Francis yell, she said that even though he told Thomas to stop, he also fired his gun almost immediately after shouting that. Oh, wow. So there wasn't like a, hey, you, go, stop there, don't move. And then like, gave him time to respond to yeah. be like i'm not the ghost and said he like said that and then shot wow damn you i'll shoot you bang like there's no time <laughs> to react to that <laughs> yeah oh my gosh okay well let's not get too hasty people get a gun in their hand and then they're like i have to use it oh girl yeah that's yeah <laughs> and that's why if you're gonna have a gun you gotta go train to have one that's true Francis was gaining sympathy because he truly didn't mean to murder anybody, but the judge, Lord Chief Baron Sir Archibald MacDonald, (laughs) England, England, (laughs) reminded the jury that malice is not required of murder. You just need an intent to kill. Mm. So no matter the good character of Francis, he still murdered a man, and it was not on accident because he was out to murder even if it was a ghost. That's tea. And it was not in self-defense. So Thomas did not provoke Francis. So even if Thomas was pretending, he wasn't. But even if he was pretending to be a ghost, his punishment would be a small fine, not murder. Right. So if that all makes sense, Francis also chose to shoot instead of trying to apprehend. So. So. Bag him and tag He's him, guilty. boys. You're going away. Not bag him and tag him. That, <laughs> that's what we used in high school to if you were on your cell phone. What? Teachers would bag and tag your cell phone if you were on your cell phone in high school. <laughs> A police say in high school? <laughs> that's so fucked up. Um, but yeah, no, that sounds right. So the jury deliberated for an hour and came back with a manslaughter charge. However, the three judges reminded the jury that that was not an option. They had to either charge Francis with a murder or acquit him. So the jury deliberated some more and came back with a guilty verdict. A charge of murder meant that Francis was to be hanged to death for his crime. Because that's where we are in these times. Yeah. Wow. (laughs) A life for a life. However, the judge explained the case to the king 
who in return commuted Francis's sentence. So instead of being hanged, then dissected, because that was the situation back then. What? You were hanged, and then you were dissected. For what reason? (laughs) They were like, let's just air this out. We're just going to go ahead and uh, let whatever diseases are in this body out. Bacteria. It's a chop. It's a chop. I could not. <laughs> it's that a literal is... chop. <laughs> um, I think because, it, like, murder was so sinned, you know, like, uh, so frowned upon that mm-hmm. you were not allowed to be buried in a sacred cemetery. You were not allowed to have these things, like a proper burial. Like, you were hanged, and then you were, like, completely disposed of. Fucking <laughs> But because he is, his sentence was commuted by the king, he was just sentenced to a year hard labor. Mm. Only a year. Mm. What do you think happened to the ghost? <laughs> the ghost is like in the background rubbing his hands like... <laughs> <laughs> yes, I love land. it. Okay, so after Thomas's death and the trial, a shoemaker named John Graham took responsibility for being the ghost. What? He claimed that he dressed up as a ghost to scare his apprentice since his apprentice was scaring John's children with ghost stories. So he was out there grabbing people by the throat? Apparently. Um, Apparently. Hang and splay him. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, this man was like, I don't believe this story, but his story is that he dressed up as a ghost to scare his apprentice since his apprentice was scaring his kids. Like, I don't buy that for a minute. You're out here grabbing women in cemeteries and choking out men, but you're here to just scare your apprentice. I don't buy it. Yeah. Interesting story. But uh, yeah, he came clean. He was dressing up as a ghost. There was no ghost. John was never charged with anything. Even though two women died, this was, yeah, it's kind of wild. Like, he was never charged. They were just like, oh, thanks for letting us know. Uh, (laughs) Wait, so. I don't know, it was bizarre. No no consequences at all? No, nothing. Like, he went on with his life. He continued making shoes. Um, I mean, I guess the people, so the people that died were just so scared that they had heart attacks? I'm assuming so. Yeah, it wasn't very clear. But so yeah. if, if we're using um, uh, chief uh, long names <laughs> logic, I guess it's not necessarily you intended to kill somebody. You were just scaring people. I guess so. Which yeah. Is just like harass a nuisance. A nuisance. Yeah. Eesh. Okay. With that being said, this was just the beginning. Attacks continued for a hundred years. Uh- by a creature known as Spring-Heeled Jack. What the hell are you about to tell me? Okay. (laughs) (laughs) But let's take a quick break here. We'll be right back, and we'll get into all of this Spring-Heeled Jack Oh my god, you sucker! Why did you give give a break?
we're back. So, I was telling you that I originally was just doing the research for Hammersmith Ghost, but this led me to other instances in England that had similar right. occurrences, I guess. So, even though there wasn't a real ghost haunting the streets of Hammersmith, about 20 years later, so 1823-ish, mm-hmm. in a town just southwest of Hammersmith, known as Southampton, people were plagued by an apparition known simply as the Southampton Ghost. A ghost that assaulted people at night, just like Hammersmith Ghost. And again, it's 1820, so even though, again, we have gas lights at this point, they still can't see shit. Like, it was right. reported, this ghost in Southampton was reported as being 10 feet tall, which, that's tall as fuck. They're on stilts or something, you know what I mean? <laughs> 10 feet tall is very, very and, high. It's like a story, right? It isn't a story oh. of a building that's about 10 feet? Yeah, maybe. Yeah, I think like 12. No, you're right. Okay, That's sorry. tall. <laughs> but also, I kind of think back then, everyone was shorter, right? So Abraham Lincoln was super tall to people. And then he wore a top oh, that's hat, which true. made him even look taller. And people were like, holy shit. <laughs> it's like, whoa. So maybe this person <laughs> or this ghost wasn't 10 feet tall. Or maybe it was. We don't know. But this 10-foot tall ghost was able to jump from rooftop to rooftop. This ghost resembled one that would later run about the streets of London, later known as Spring-Heeled Jack. And Spring-Heeled Jack was described as tall and slender. I kind of think of, like, Slender Man. I know, but, like, jumping around, too? like Yeah, but jumping around, yeah. I can't take that. <laughs> I mean, Slender Man is kind of creepy because he would just stand there, still as fuck, right. you know what I mean? And, like, but this one's, like, moving. This one's on the move. That's yeah. I don't. In, I don't want to feel like I'm being hunted by something enormous. <laughs> oh my god! Yes, I. It's kind of like zombies. You know, some zombies are terrifying and they're slow, but they're they're terrifying because there's so many of them, right. even though they're slow. Right. Whereas like other zombies are quick. Mm-hmm. And I'm like fighting for my life to run away from these <laughs> things. <laughs> the Last of Spring Us. Spring Heel Jack. Uh, Springheel Jack, very tall, very slender. He had metallic clawed hands. His <laughs> eyes were red like fireballs. He wore skin tight white clothing, a black hooded, sometimes winged cloak, a helmet. Some described him. Ha- the helmet thing is weird to me. I still don't get yeah. how a helmet is incorporated here, it's but the look. a helmet it's part of, it. of times. <laughs> He wore, uh, some described him having horns like the devil. Some said he wore fur, like a fur cape or overlay or something. Mm-hmm. He was also known to vomit blue flames. Very paranormal. Yeah. And Hammersmith Ghost and Southampton Ghost had sim- similar qualities about being tall and all in white and horned. But the main difference is that Spring-Heeled Jack was known for his jumping and leaping. Okay, so the first reported sighting of Spring-Heeled Jack, what people later called Spring-Heeled Jack, at this time, 
that didn't know who or what this creature was, but it was 1837. So now we are in Victorian London, 1837, by a girl named Mary Stevens, who was walking to work as a servant. A figure jumped from the dark and grabbed Mary. He held her so tight she couldn't move. He began to kiss her and ripped her clothing. He would touch her skin with his cold, clammy claws. She screamed, which brought attention to the figure. The attacker quickly fled, leaving Mary laying on the ground, alive, but obviously traumatized. Right. The figure escaped, but the following day, the same figure jumped in front of a coach causing the driver to lose control and crash in like a ditch. People showed up just in time to see the figure leap over a nine foot wall, cackling the entire time. This incident caused him to receive the name spring Jack. And at first it was thought that someone was dressing up as a ghost or devil or creature and was terrorizing women. However, the way this figure moved about Jumping incredibly high, leaping from rooftop to rooftop, made people believe it was a paranormal being. That is, for some reason, thinking about a 10-foot thing, like, coming on you like that, like, uh, well, first of all, like, attacking the woman is, like, beyond. Like, that's so scary. Yeah. Like, that's some Freddy Krueger type of demon stuff. But, and then, like... (laughs) It lands in front of you and then bounds over a wall. Like, yes, that sounds yeah. pretty fucking terrifying. I mean, though, now that you say it, a ten foot, wall, a ten foot tall being leaping over a nine foot wall yeah. is easy, <laughs> easy. That's, that shit is that's cleared. You know, Done. that's they're it's cleared. <laughs> yeah, like. So that's not shocking, I guess. If it was like a five foot tall creature leaping over a nine foot wall, that'd be something. <laughs> that would be like, whoa. Yeah. But this thing's taller than the wall. That's easy work. It stepped over the wall. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah okay. See, we're not even scared of you anymore. Like, we're. No, yeah, we're yeah. We're conjuring him. Average. Talking... It's mid. <laughs> <laughs> okay. The most widely covered story was from 1838. So this is. A little less than a year later. And I'm going to hop from story to story. But between all these stories, more shit was happening. Like, it wasn't just these incidences. This creature was attacking people constantly. Mm -hmm. These are just the most well-known and, like, documented stories that I'm going to go through. Okay. So, the most widely covered story was from 1838, the night of February 19th. The girl of a nobleman, her name was Jane Alsop, she heard the front gate doorbell ring. So remember, they're wealthy, so they got their house, and it's a gated house. Nice. Good for them. So someone's out front. (laughs) (laughs) Good for them. Uh, Someone's ringing the doorbell from the gate. So she leaves the house to see who has arrived. There was a man on the other side of the gate who said he was a police officer and that they had just caught Spring-Heeled Jack. Oh, okay. But it's fucking the middle of the night. This police officer can't see anything. He needed a light. Of course. To see what was going on. So Jane wrapped... (laughs) Exactly. 
Jane ran back inside and grabbed a candle, candle for the officer. <laughs> but the moment she turned, she returned and handed the man the candle. The man threw his cloak off and revealed red eyes ah! listening behind the candle. He vomited blue and white flames and grabbed her with his claws and began tearing her dress. He pulled her to the ground on the front steps where he tore her neck and arms. But the commotion brought Jane's sister to the front door where she brought Jane inside the house and called the police. Springheel Jack continually pounded on the front door until the police arrived. Oh my god. And then he disappeared into the darkness. He can't keep so, getting away with it! <laughs> oh my god, her perfectly good dress that she just got at Macy's. For real though, I would be mad. You tore this dress. I, I forget my neck. You <laughs> tore my dress. The neck she's been growing all her life. Tattered. Her Macy's dress. The neck torn. was free. The dress was expensive. Yeah, I mean, it'd be terrifying. Not only are someone's spitting blue flames at me and tearing me open, but then I'm in the house and, like, the door's locked and I'm in safety. Mm -hmm. But continual pounding on the door, that's terrifying. (laughs) Stop knocking. I'm coming. I'm I'm gonna get this. (laughs) Exactly. So before Jane's attack, people knew there was a creature looming about at night, attacking women, walking by themselves. But the wealthy and the politics, or politicians, I guess, Mm -hmm. didn't really believe it was by one person. Okay. So they, like, mocked anyone who spoke up. So all these women are walking about at night. They're by themselves. They're being attacked. But every time they brought it up or told the police or whatever... Everyone was like, you're insane. A ghost that had horns and was puking blue vomit or, you know, flames. Yeah. You're that's you're a woman. That's <laughs> you're not real. Um, okay. Exactly. Though I just learned, sorry, really quickly. I just learned from my favorite murder that hysteria is no longer called hysteria because hysteria comes from like the Latin, I think Latin word for like hymen or something like that. So no. they've like changed it to I can't remember what it's called now, but it's something a lot better. So I had at the no time, idea. yes, me either. Yes, I mean I know that's what they like. They just called women that to be like dismissive yes. and abusive. Yes, <laughs> but... exactly. Yes, we're no longer calling it that. But yes, at the time, at this point, they were calling these women hysterical. Yeah, and it's like no, these women are being attacked. Literally attacked. And sexually assaulted so they also wait so they were they thought it was like more than one person like they just thought like some random man was in the street not yeah so like they're like men being men you know gotcha not like it they didn't think these were all concentrated like a serial attacker right or a serial rapist or something they just thought it was other men you know multiple men being abusive Oh my god, I would hate to be attacked and then be like, you have to believe me. I know that I sound crazy, uh, but I know what I saw, and I know that it was a blue flame, and I know... <laughs> like... Yes, exactly. 
how infuriating would it be yeah. to try to convince somebody that you were attacked by a demon? Like I would just keep it to myself and know what I know. <laughs> <laughs> they didn't believe that these women were being attacked until Jane was attacked because she was wealthy and came from money and a nobleman. So, of course, they're like, oh, my God, this poor rich girl. How could she? <laughs> and it is the Victorian era. So there are very clear classes, you know. There's the poor, the working class. I know her there well. Was... <laughs> <laughs> and then there was the rich. So Jane... So on, up until Jane, only the working class was subjected to England's version of the boogeyman. So that's what they were calling Spring Hill Jack. Like it's it's the boogeyman to us is what England Spring Hill Jack was to England. Interesting. Englanders. <laughs> Englanders. Is that what you call the? <laughs> um, but yeah. So up until Jane, all these women walking alone were all you know working or on their way to work or poor and didn't have a home or whatever and they were all attacked or they were sex workers and being attacked or whatever the case may be Mm -hmm. jane was the first rich woman to be attacked and at this point people believed they were dealing with a supernatural attacker he can jump high and far he pukes blue and white flames he has red eyes he's extremely tall so like not your average victorian gentleman (laughs) Not not nearly. Excuse no. us. <laughs> so nine days after Jane's attack, a woman named Lucy Scales and her sister were walking the streets of London alone. I say alone, but they were together. On their way home from their brother's place. As they were walking, they noticed a man in a passage, but they didn't think much of it. As Lucy was walking by, this cloaked man threw up blue flames into Lucy's face, causing her to temporarily lose her vision. She dropped to the ground and began to scream. Her sister got down to help her while the assailant disappeared into the night. Hmm. The sister described the man as tall, skinny, and a gentleman holding a lamp. Okay... So another blue flame vomiting moment. Also, just so people know, the blue flames are the hottest flames. Just so you know, (laughs) that's why it's blue and white. That means it's really, really hot. I was a chemistry major. (laughs) (laughs) Were you? (laughs) Imagine. Um, I hated chemistry. So... (laughs) What are you thinking? So far, are you leaning more towards man or ghost or demon or yeah. llama? Like, what's the situation? Oh, llama. Um, okay, so I feel like ghost-wise, I'm. you can sell me on a ghost. Like, I'll believe a ghost story. Okay. Yeah. Demons are harder. Because it's like... Okay. It's like... Like, yeah, I believe there's probably, like, some evil... Or, like, spirits that are malintended. Or malintended? I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, but, but I, I don't know. I've just never seen anything like that for real. So I would yeah. be on the side of like, well, it's probably, you know, like it's probably a guy who is like 
really messed up and he is attacking and has some kind of a I'm I'm Scooby Dooing on this. I think okay. there's a mask to be pulled. So Okay. 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 <laughs> so some say the blue flames were created by pouring a specific kind of acid on a sponge and then adding wine. Oh. It was also the Industrial Revolution at this time, and maybe they used copper chloride mixed with alcohol because that chemical reaction creates blue flames. Maybe you were a chemistry major. <laughs> <laughs> and that's all assuming that this was just some guy. Yeah. The red eyes could have been glasses, a disease called hyphema, I think is how you pronounce it, which causes blood to collect in the iris from an injury. What? Or maybe tuberculosis, which could cause red eyes. Or my favorite opinion, mercury as an eye treatment, which was very popular in the Victorian era. They used to use mercury to like, as eye wash or like eye treatment, which then would cause your eyes to be red. Or the demon just has naturally rosy eyes. Like (laughs) these are. (laughs) I don't know. I don't. I. What do you feel like? Do you feel like you believe? Okay, so like, there's a thing. There's a point where I'm like, I feel like this could probably just be a man that is like doing some weird stuff. Like he's just got a really good costume department behind him. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Yeah. But the other part of, of like, of like being speculative and like, um, super critical of, of those things is like, then you start to create like these crazy, like somebody isn't going to see somebody with red eyes and then say like they're glowing red eyes, you know, like we, that's common. People have red eyes, but in the dark, yeah, yeah. That seems a little odd. And that's like a strong characteristic. So then I'm like, maybe demons are real. Maybe. <laughs> and then maybe <laughs> that's what was going on. Hmm. These are just theories thrown out at the time. Yeah. What do you believe? Do you believe them? Like, what do you think? Um, It's really hard for me to believe this, like, blue flame thing. Yeah. Because I feel like it'd be incredibly difficult to, like, fake that yeah like i'm sure you can but it also makes me like i believe that the women that were being attacked that saw the blue flame went through that but because they're being attacked and it's very traumatizing everything's happening so fast i don't necessarily believe that it's coming out of this guy's mouth yeah if that makes sense so yeah i'm with you i don't i don't know it's up in the air for me i don't know <laughs> I don't know. Okay, so these ta- these attacks continue. No one is captured or arrested, but the police are on the case. The stories were so infamous, they were featured in Penny Dreadfuls, mm. which were a series of literature first released in London in the 1830s and often focused on detectives, crime, the paranormal, that kind of genre. Yeah. You would buy, like, part of a story for a penny. Then the following week, you would buy the second part for another penny. Kind of like TV shows these days. Yay, a little comic uh, With an episode. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, other popular penny dreadfuls were Sweeney Todd, 
Dick Turban and Varney the Vampire. Okay. There is even a popular play about Spring Heel Jack performed during the attacks of Jack. What? So like these attacks were still going on and they were happening all the time. And so they like produced a play and put a play on, even though this guy was never caught. That's so nuts. The... It's nuts. There's no chill. The, they were <laughs> like, just like, it's their SNL. Yeah, essentially, <laughs> yes. There's plays. There's these penny dreadfuls all while this like spring heel Jack is just like Still roaming the happening. streets of London attacking people. Oh my God. So the first suspect was because they do the police are believing that this is like an actual man. So mm-hmm. the first suspect was of a nobleman named the Marquis of Waterford a.k.a. Henry Beresford. When he was younger, he was known for getting drunk, rioting, streaking, property damage, fighting, (laughs) rich boy shit. That's essentially what it is. Even though he had several arrests and one charge, he was never brought in for suspicious behavior relating to Spring Hill Jack. So it is the 1800s. London is like, a you know a decent sized town city at this point but it's not like today so they knew everybody in town right they never brought him in they never charged him but they were suspicious of him i i feel like maybe he had a little hand in it <laughs> there was a man named james painter who was arrested for dressing up like jack to scare women and children but he was never charged as being Jack. Same thing was true for Charles Grenville, who was charged for aggravated assault and imitating the silly and dangerous pranks of Springheeled Jack. That's what wow. that was what he was charged with. He's the only known person to be charged for the crime relating to Jack is uh, Charles Grenville. But again, Charles and uh james they weren't charged for being jack they were charged for impersonating uh, imitating jack yeah yeah yeah. i feel like so this is the part this is this is the human condition (laughs) where we like you know you like get a um something that real and legitimate happens to like women there are attacks and then the spectacle of it kind of takes over and so you lose the the like true crime part of it and getting to like the actual solving of it and taking all this stuff seriously because then you're just like, well, it's so crazy that we can't believe it anymore. Yeah. In 1845, a sex worker named Marie Davis was attacked during the day. Jack sprayed blue flames into her face then tossed her over a bridge where she drowned. Maria is the only known death of Spring Hill Jack. However, because she was a sex worker, there isn't much evidence to support this attack on Maria. Mm. So, again, we could chalk this up to folklore and this attack never happened. Or it did happen, but there's not a lot written about it because she was a sex worker. Also, how who's who? How do we know the blue flame part happened before the drowning happened? Well, I'm assuming like because it was during the day, there were like people that like witnessed it. Gotcha. Hmm. But 
I don't know. I don't and know. then he just jumped away. <laughs> Leaped over the bridge. Um, and then in 1873, so we skipped from 18, you know, the first attack, or the, yeah, the first attack was 1837. Mm-hmm. We're now 1873. Nuts. There were numerous sightings in Sheffield, England, about a ghost attacking people known as Park Ghost, but later people attributed those attacks to Spring Hill Jack. So there's also the same exact attacks happening, same, like, description of this ghost in different parts around England, mm-hmm. and they're all being attributed to this Over Spring Hill Jack. A long period of time, too. So it's like, if it were the same guy... He probably wouldn't be in the same shape, you know, like, even if it were, like, a guy in a costume, it probably wouldn't be him able to jump and do all this crazy stuff. Interesting. There were continued sightings throughout the 1800s, but they slowed down by the 1900s. After 1904, Spring Hill Jack kind of disappeared, but it all started in Hammersmith with the Hammersmith ghost and the death of Thomas Millwood. So what do you think was happening in Victorian London? (laughs) Was it a demon? Was it a man or men dressing up? Like what is your take? Um, okay. So I do think, I think that there were definitely attacks done by men as like a copycat or, you know, like just like kind of like, somebody like leaning into the the legend of it and trying to get away with it in that way especially because it's targeting women and like sex workers and like people who are like kind of weak or or not weak but like you know uh, have less defense so i feel like though there probably is like a little bit of truth i don't know I don't know how much you can trust stuff from back then when it's just like word of mouth and like, we saw it. I swear we did. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. But I only, I'm going to challenge devil's advocate. It's my favorite (laughs) pastime. Um, I agree with you. However, there are so many witnesses saying the exact same thing that that's like, it's not like one or two. Right. It's like an entire, it's like several towns being like this creature or ghost or whatever you want to call it. We're having the exact same experiences. You know what? All right. I'll say it. I'll say it. Well, no, I won't say that. I won't say demons are real. (laughs) I'll say. Wow. My last episode was a talk with a demonologist. (laughs) So I want that. (laughs) Well, I mean, I don't, I don't know. It could be. I don't know everything, obviously. But I feel like right now, I believe that cryptids are real. I mean, I feel like there's definitely... There could be, like, some prehistoric type creatures that have uh, evaded our, like, detection or whatever. And then they, like, interact with us every now and then. So, like, maybe this is, like, a cryptid. Like, maybe this is their Mothman or... Yeah. I don't know. But demon feels I like mean, such a yeah. stretch. Like that word feels like 
so yeah like because then that implies so many other things too yeah I i think maybe people were using that word because this creature was doing like horrible things to these people yeah so i think maybe that's why that was used versus like ghost even though again we saw hammersmith southampton park ghost they were used ghost was used but maybe some people use demon instead because of these like horrific acts Mm -hmm. that this creature was doing but my belief after doing this is that there was a serial rapist in london in the early 1800s and that this persona of jack spurred others to use the disguise to do their own horrific acts. Yeah. So I think other men were probably like, well, this guy's getting away with this, so I might as well dress similarly and do similar things and do it as well. Yeah, I believe that. Mm-hmm. And the media in Victorian London would have never said that the victims were sexually assaulted because, like, Back then, they kept all of that under wraps, you know? For sure, because they were doing it themselves. <laughs> well, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and the media was run by men. And yeah, absolutely. So, like, the media would, like, imply sexual assault and rape, but they would never come out and say it specifically. I also do find it interesting, not that these two things are, you know, connected, but I do think it's interesting that this ghost or demon or creature was around for a hundred plus years during which Jack the Ripper made an appearance. The like infamous unsolved serial killer, Jack the Ripper in London, both being named Jack, both being active in 1888. Yeah. Both attacked the lower class women, the Ripper attacking sex workers specifically, but it does make me wonder if some of these women who are attacked by Springheeled could be survivors of the Ripper. Oh. I don't know. And that's super speculative, but I don't know. I just feel like Jack the Ripper would have had, like, done things before murdering. You know what I mean? Like, there's, for serial killers, there's this, like, we start here, and then we end up murdering. Like, there's, like, Right, exactly. So I feel like maybe some of these people were attacked by this person known as Jack the Ripper and didn't know that that was the person that, you know. Interesting. Have you, have other people theorized that also? Like, is that, like, a I don't know, honestly. I didn't really... You, it's deep, time for you to crack the case. <laughs> I'm gonna crack. I'm gonna crack the hundred years mystery of Jack the. Hell yeah. <laughs> um. Okay. One theory of why Spring healed Jack was so infamous and lasted so long was that it was easier for men in that time to blame a fictional character such as Jack for the attacks instead of people they knew. So again, these towns aren't big. They Everybody knows everybody in these towns. Mm-hmm. So it's easier to be like, oh, this demon, this ghost or whatever is attacking these women. My wife, my sister, my mom, instead of Timothy next door or, <laughs> you know, right. 
John I went to church with or whatever the case may be. Right. It's just easier to do that. Oh my God. Uh, that's And that's why I'm like, I don't necessarily believe all of it. Like all of it is yeah. attributed to this one mythical yeah. thing. Yeah. On the flip side, there were victims like Jane and Lucy who swore the monster breathed blue flames. Yeah. And other witnesses swear they saw Jack jump over a nine foot wall and over carriages mm-hmm. and over like shit that and you should not be able to, to like. Building. Right. I am just imagining like <laughs> Jack on a pogo stick or like <laughs> moon boots. Oh my moon God. boots. He's just in the, and his cloak was covering it all up. But the story of Spring Hill Jack was everywhere and talked about all over London if one woman was attacked by a man she recognized or knew personally, she may have been shamed into silence because that was the time. Right. Or this man could have pulled all of these antics to terrorize women in London. It's it's really hard to say. Oh my gosh. I love it. <laughs> this is so much more, it's like it's so much more than just a ghost story. Like it's like a... I don't know, like the the real world, the real world consequences of the things that are happening. Yeah. Like it's beyond just like, and she was scared. <laughs> yeah, and she moved away, or you know, yeah, like stuff like that. I feel like, oh, eek! I don't want them to yeah, touch I mean, us. <laughs> I mean, I guess the positive is that there no one's there. Spring Hill Jack is nowhere to be seen anymore. Yeah. Like. He kind of disappeared after 1904. I think there were like a random sighting here a couple of years later there. Mm-hmm. Like it was maybe 1920 was the last official sighting, but it wasn't happening as frequently as in the 1800s. Okay. So. Oh my God. Who's to say? But yeah, I don't really have a conclusion for the story. I was there a ghost? Should we dress up as ghosts? <laughs> no. Was it number one? No. Appropriation. Culture <laughs> appropriating ghost culture. Um, phantasmal appropriation. Um, was it serial sexual assault that was never solved? I don't know. All I do know is that Thomas Millwood was murdered, and if I was him, I would haunt the fuck out of Hammersmith for being murdered. <laughs> Definitely. The biggest takeaway from the episode, put on a jacket when your wife tells you to put on a jacket. Put a coat on when it's winter. <laughs> and uh, Men, stop wearing shorts in winter. Put a coat yeah. on. And then you'll be fine. Nobody would shoot you just for uh, doing your job. Your little bricklaying job. <laughs> Wild. <laughs> Wild. Yeah, I don't... I'm sorry I don't have a conclusion. I don't know if it was a ghost or not, but... There was a murder. You decide. <laughs> Listeners decide. You des- You decide. Please, yeah. Uh, write in, comment, email me. Let me know what you think. And not as you apply chapstick. <laughs> Let me know what you think. Chapstick application. <laughs> My lips were uh, a little crusty. Um... Yeah, thank you for joining me, Ty. Oh my god, it was of course. lovely talking to you about this 
wild case. We have we. I don't know if we've talked about murder like this before. No, I was. Yeah, that's why I'm like this is like even more because usually it's like, for me, it's like the the theory of ghosts is scary enough, or like the things that people see, <laughs> yeah. or like the things that manifest in their house during the hauntings, like that. Sh- yeah, that stuff is scary enough, but the actual like the grabbing the the murder the slashing all of that is like next level i don't like it it's scary i kind of like the idea that you brought up that it might be a cryptid like maybe it is a creature that breathes fire and Ah. has red eyes and is masquerading as a man or, uh, oh my gosh! Yeah. yeah, he's just evolved. He's evolved just enough to almost look like a guy. Yeah, kind of like Bigfoot. Like Bigfoot looks like a hairy man. Like doesn't breathe fire, mm-hmm. but not can't leap high to my knowledge. But well, it's not a competition. Hey, we love all cryptids <laughs> the same here. <laughs> you don't have to be. You don't have to all breathe fire. You don't have to be a Loch Ness oh monster. God. You can. You can be valid right. here. <laughs> Maybe, honestly, maybe it was an alien. Maybe it was oh an alien. Oh my god. How about that? And the government How isn't going to tell us anything? Or no, now they are. Now they are after 200 years of <laughs> bullshit. <laughs> wow. spring Jack is an alien. I love it. We've cracked the case. Done. Next. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, thank you, Ty. Tell them where they can find you and what you are up to coming up yeah you can find me on well girl i am busy but <laughs> uh i've got some shows at talia hall in chicago coming up um hey. with the fly honeys i'll be a featured artist and i'm vocal directing some of their shiggity hey. um, so that'll be so beautiful we're hoping to sell it out um it's at the end of the month and you can find more information on that at queer pop star on instagram twitter and now my new website is queerpopstar.com i switched that oh up there, so look at you look at that uniformity that continuity come on website also i don't know what twitter is so oh i'm sorry excuse me x <laughs> oh, i will never call it that it's the sears tower no. it's x, it's twitter it's what else is yes Marshall yeah, Fields. It's too much. <laughs> oh my God, Marshall's yes, Marshall Fields. But yeah, go follow Ty, queer pop star, all platforms. <laughs> go see him perform. Also, keep a lookout streaming music. Yes, services. I am cooking some things up, honey. In the kitchen, just stirring that pot. You know how I baking like to that do. bread. <laughs> But thanks for Thank you all for me. listening this week. Yeah, of course. Uh, remember that Haunted Hometowns is now a bi-weekly paranormal true crime podcast. So join me in two weeks for another case. In the meantime, make sure you're subscribed. Give that podcast a positive rating and share with your friends, family, and coworkers. Email me your paranormal experiences at hauntedhometownspodcast at gmail.com. Come. Could be anything from a ghost constantly hitting on you in your gym's sauna to falling into a puddle and entering another dimension. Let me know and I'll meet you back here in 14 days because everyone loves a ghost story. 
Follow Ty Air at Queer Pop Star, Pepe Munoz at p.e.p.e.munoz, M-U-N-O-Z. I got my information from Wikipedia, BBC, Library of Congress blogs, London Overlooked, BuzzFeed Unsolved, and Thought Catalog.